0: Switched on on F104 and I'm joined by Ellie O'Byrne from The Irish Examiner. Hello.
1: Hi, how are you doing, Louise? Thanks very much for having me on.
0: Thank you so much for chatting to us. So I suppose we all know how popular cosmetic surgery and cosmetic procedures have become. But you did something that kind of scares me quite a bit. You managed to get filler online pretty handy, didn't you?
1: Yes. So I was I was writing about fillers for the Irish Examiner. I was just doing a feature all the way back in April, actually, and I just said to my editor, because um, I just Googled, and what I discovered is that there are these online filler stores that will just send all of this stuff straight to your house, <laughs> and I like I just couldn't believe it. Like some of them, to be fair, there are some places where you have to create an account, you have to you know, register, have a VAT number or whatever, you need to be a business. But then there are others that quite literally, you just put in, they don't even check your age or anything, you just put in your, your name and address and it's like ordering books from Amazon, like they just deliver them straight to your house. So uh, I told my editor the, about that and she went, well, go on ahead then and do it and <laughs> <laughs> revisit it. Uh, and so I just placed an order and within about a week and for a cost of with 214 euros plus 50 quid VAT and a 9, 9.99 postage fee I got sent out three different intradermal injectable uh cosmetics that are that are widely used
0: and obviously you're not medically trained you wouldn't have any idea really probably how to use these things No,
1: but if if I wanted to start injecting tomorrow morning in my own kitchen, I could just print myself up something that said that I was qualified. I could make myself a nice certificate on Photoshop and I could just make myself a Facebook page and offer some prices and off I go. That's the situation at the moment.
0: So you've been sent filler. Do you know what's in it?
1: Yeah, and that's one of the things that really interested me because, and this is going to get complex for a second, The way regulation works in Ireland is that um, the HPRA, uh, the Health Products Regulatory Authority, uh, told me that basically uh, fillers are are marketed and are licensed as medical devices and Mm -hmm. not as medicines, right? But when I placed this order, the, the, the substances that were in them, so like hyaluronic acid is the kind of base you know, everyone's probably anyone who is remotely interested in beauty is probably familiar with that term. You get it in moisturizers and different things as well. And that's the the base. But the things that I ordered, so I ordered uh, something that is described as something as a de- depigmentation. So like maybe mm-hmm. to remove age spots and that type of thing. Um, and I ordered something that was marketed as uh, something to treat cellulite. So okay. these are all injectable substances. But they contained things like idabenone, which is actually an Alzheimer's drug, uh, troxirutin, which is used for treating hemorrhoids, uh, yeah. tranexamic acid, which is used to control heavy bleeding, and of course lidocaine, which is a, a number, uh, you know, like a local anesthetic. Yeah. So there's, but, but I mean, they are all controlled medicines. So yeah. I got back to the HPRA. In the end, after much back and forth, I sent them pictures mm-hmm. of the boxes, and they finally said to me, "Oh yeah, well, we actually think that these are probably in in breach of of the law, and we're going to look into it." And they wouldn't give me any other comment other than that. So there's just clearly this kind of huge gap. The HPRA is not responsible for licensing practitioners, mm-hmm. so they're not responsible for like whether or not people are medically able to do this stuff. Uh, that would be the uh, the medicines board. What are they just? Is this big gap, this regulatory gap, where like, yeah, I can get my hands on this stuff, and I can just work away and start injecting it.
0: What are the current regulations around it?
1: Um. So uh, under so the HPRa relies on the on the EU Commission. So the EU Commission has something called the Medical Devices Regulation. Uh, and I contacted the EU Commission as well. And that's quite a bureaucratic thing <laughs> that takes quite a long time. And uh, eventually they told me that that's all above board as, as far as they're concerned. When I, when I showed them that the products I bought also had things that are licensed as medicines in them, I got kind of a radio silence on that. Mm. Uh, so so the current regulation is that, uh, is that these products are considered to be medical devices without uh, a medicinal purpose. And that's the reason why, uh, you know, like, say, if I wanted some things like, say, for example, Botox, right, that's a branded product and that's an anti-wrinkle thing. And that is a licensed medicine because, of course, it's botulism. It's the toxin Mm -hmm. from from botulism. Uh, And that can only be injected very strictly by medical practitioners, uh, doctors and nurses, and I believe dentists as well. So that means it's harder to get your hands on. But because these fillers are not considered to be medicines, uh, they are just sent out. Your home address. That's so this concerning. This
0: That's so yeah, concerning. it really is. Yeah. You
1: shouldn't be and injecting not, like the, these
0: these medicines just randomly into you at all.
1: I mean, the, uh, I spoke to a woman uh, today who is a, a dermatological nurse, yeah. and she said that she's aware of of filler parties where alcohol oh. is served, where like people are in their homes. And they are having fillers and having a few drinks while they're doing it. Oh, my
0: goodness. What are we doing?
1: <laughs> An- another surgeon, because I spoke to a lot of plastic surgeons for this, and they've told me that they've been trying to warn the health minister oh. of the problems with this stuff for successive health ministers, like over the course of the past 10 years, basically. Um, and uh, so they, they had various different horror stories. I mean, the worst things that can happen are things like necrosis, where part of your lip is going to turn black because the flesh is dying, because you've cut off the blood supply. Um, uh, Various different types of nerve damage that could give you something like Bell's palsy or could affect your speech. One doctor even told me that uh, blindness can happen. You know, people who have them injected high up, maybe on their cheekbones to accentuate cheekbones and stuff like that. If that's being done by somebody who doesn't understand anatomy, they can actually cause... uh, really severe damage to your face. Like, uh, the more you look at it, the more crazy and frightening it gets, to be honest. It really
0: is, isn't it? Because as you were saying, they're having parties with alcohol doing this. And and these are people who have no idea what they're doing. They don't really know what they're injecting into, into their faces. And it really does need to be looked at more because as you were saying, there's problems being caused by this and yet nothing is really being done about stopping so easily being able to get this filler and, and yeah. medication,
1: and another very weird situation that arises is that even though it, the all of these things, the fillers themselves are not licensed medicines, everything you need to treat them is a licensed medicine. Mm. So if a, if a beautician, if you know, if you go to like a cut price person who doesn't have any medical staff, mm-hmm. so now sometimes there are clinics where. Um, It's kind of nurse led and they'll have a doctor in rotation who comes to the clinic once a week or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But other places that are just beauticians where they don't have anyone with proper medical training on hand, um, they're not going to be able to help you solve the problem. You're going to be sent to A&E if you get a problem because they're not qualified Mm -hmm. to administer the medicines that that are needed to deal with the problem.
0: And So that's it.
1: a kind of a yeah. weird catch-22 as well, you know.
0: Yeah, because A&E don't really want to be dealing with that, to be honest. They have enough. And you know what I think is
1: really sad is that it's very, very difficult to get people who've had negative experiences to talk to you. Like, mm-hmm. I really, really tried. Because there's a little bit of a kind of a taboo or a sense that this is some kind of silly, frivolous thing that you've done to yourself or yeah. whatever... What's very worrying is that uh, people might be kind of put off actually presenting to A&E if they need treatment because they feel embarrassed about what's happened, yeah. which is like, I, and I think that part of this whole thing, like clearly that this is something that affects young women more than anyone else, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And, and I think that's partly because when when first cosmetic surgeries and cosmetic procedures came in, you know, I don't know what, going back 15, 20 years, Botox arrives on the scene. And it's mostly uh, older women with high income, maybe professional women and stuff that are getting this done. But because this is so cheap now, you have students, you have really young girls. They've seen it on Instagram. They've seen all celebrities with these things. And there's kind of a bit of like peer pressure surrounding it and they decide to try it out. They go to someone unregulated because they're just looking for a good price. Yeah. And then they end up in these situations. So, yeah, I think there's a lot there, you know.
0: A black market situation, which is not not ideal.
1: Yeah, I mean, I suppose the black market side of things is the real DIY thing. There are a lot of, like, beauticians who, you know, have gone off and done training. But the thing is, is that it's not anatomical training. This is not... It's the kind of same basic. as going yeah. <laughs> doing your medical degree, you know, yeah. like yeah. So,
0: so, do you think there should be sort of, sorts of warnings maybe on social media then towards this?
1: Um, that's something that Professor Sean Carroll, one of the uh, plastic surgeons that I spoke to, told me. He said that he thinks that in the lack of of any other form of regulation, if the EU isn't willing to re- review these laws if the Irish health minister isn't willing to step it up when it comes to licensing and he's able to get these substances, mm-hmm. that he believes that at the very least uh, that we should have some kind of like public health awareness campaign yeah. targeted like on the platforms that young people are using, like on Instagram, on TikTok, you know, just to make sure that people know the risks involved properly. And um, I I suppose probably because in line with my work, like I'm not a campaigning journalists, like I just write a variety of different features on a variety of different topics, but I'd always go back to like the people who are in public service and the people who are paid to do their jobs and help protect us. And I actually think that I'd like to see some MEPs step in Mm -hmm. and go back to the EU Commission and say this regulation isn't working. And I'd like to see the Minister for Health take the same approach And maybe look at introducing new licensing requirements for administering this stuff in Ireland. So, like, I just think that the lack of political will comes from the fact that it's not seen as a serious topic. You know, and I think that that's to do with the fact that, like, sorry, but I think it's to do with the fact that it's young women that it's affecting. I think it's considered frivolous and vain or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then as a result of that, there doesn't seem to be the political will here to tackle it. But like we've had, so the HPRA told me that they've had eight reported adverse incidents in the past five years about fillers. That seems really, really low. But that's the the absolute tip of the iceberg. But also,
0: they're probably the ones that are showing up. The rest are probably just getting on with it. But that's a
1: self-reporting, like that's Mm -hmm. a self-reporting system. So Mm -hmm. somebody has to decide they want to report it Mm -hmm. and uh, bet your bottom dollar that there are, you know, hundreds. For every single one of those, there are hundreds of girls that have experienced some kind of a problem out of this, you know.
0: So it is an issue that needs to be looked at a bit further. Thank you so much for chatting to us.
1: Thanks very much. (coughs)